0: Hey, Welcome to season one of the Cafe Nervosa podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Taryn. We're two ladies who have a deep and abiding appreciation for the 1990s NBC sitcom, Frasier. In this podcast, we're going through the show season by season, and we're talking about specific topics as we go. You can find all season one episodes in the feed right now. Along the way, we'll share some of our favorite moments,
1: great jokes, guest stars we love, character moments that last, and other Frasier-related fun. In this episode, we're talking about how the show portrays women. And for season one, that means we're especially going to talk about Daphne and Lilith. We have an entire episode on Roz, so please go listen to that one next.
0: It's time to brew a pot of English breakfast tea and ride the service elevator down to the laundry room as we talk about season one of (gasps) Frasier.
1: tell me about your thoughts on Frasier and women.
0: First of all, it's important to remember that the show was made from 1993 to 2004. It premiered 25 years ago. That's insane. It's completely insane. I agree. Um, And the show's treatment of women thus is not super. You can definitely find issues around how the show treats women if you look for them. uh, But we're choosing to rise above and focus on the good. One strong character moment I really like from the first season comes from episode 15, You Can't Tell a Crook by His Cover. So this is where Martin bets Fraser that he can't tell which of his poker buddies is an ex-con. As the evening progresses, Daphne decides to go on a date with the one of Martin's friends who is an ex-con. Martin and Fraser are arguing about whether or not Daphne should be allowed to date this criminal and she finally lays into them. And here is a clip of that scene.
2: No, no, you, you just can't go. That's all there is to it. Case closed. Excuse me, Dad, if I can interrupt that self-righteous police mentality for a second, don't you believe in second chances? I did, then we had Niles. <laughs> Well, I believe that when a man has paid his debt to society, he deserves a fresh start. I see no harm in her going out with him once. Well, I do. She's not going. I say she is. I say she isn't. She she is is. not. She she is is not. Excuse me, gentlemen, but might I interject one tiny little thought into this conversation? Of course, Daphne. Belt up, both of you! (laughs) It may have escaped your notice, but I happen to be a grown woman, and nobody has told me whom I might or might not date since I was a schoolgirl, and I didn't listen then. Now, when I've quite made up my mind what I plan to do about Jimmy, I'll let you know. But right now, I'm going to my room. You two hens have wasted enough of my time. That would have been a very dramatic exit if only her room was down that hall.
0: (laughs) Built up indeed what a great expression Mm -hmm. mm-hmm it's also
1: just fascinating in that scene that Martin starts by talking to Daphne and then Fraser interrupts and is takes the conversation away from her completely and then
0: it becomes about her not to her even yeah that is uh, fascinating and all the more reason that she should step in and yell at them absolutely so Daphne Standing up for herself and not taking any crap from this gu- from these guys in this early part of the season is a true highlight for me. How about you, Taryn?
1: Our listeners will learn that I just want to talk about Lilith Sternen all the time, mm-hmm. so that's where I'm gonna start. Uh, she's Fraser's ex wife, and I've always loved her in the show, and and I was happy to see that she is always a no nonsense badass at least in Fraser, I can't speak for how she is in Cheers because I didn't watch it. Mm-hmm. She's introduced in episode 16, the show where Lilith comes back. And in this episode, Lilith comes to Seattle to possibly rekindle her romance with Fraser. There are a lot of moments to point to uh, about her amazingness, like the fact that she, she wants to reconnect with her ex-husband, but instead of... I don't know, making some romantic gesture. She calls into his show and publicly denounces his psychiatric skills. That's amazing. I didn't even realize that. It's so great. (laughs) But what I really love is her speech after her and Frasier sleep together, and Frasier tells her it was all a mistake, and we have a clip of it.
2: I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at me. I don't even know what I'm doing here. I've just been so lonely over the last year. When I found your letter, it was was like a life preserver. I'm raising a child alone. I'm scared. I always thought of myself
1: as a strong and independent person, but the truth is I'm afraid.
2: I guess that's why I convinced myself that I was still in love with you. You mean you're not? No. Not. Well, that's uh, well, that's good. I mean so then what happened last night was only because you were lonely and I was We all know what you were, Fraser.
0: <laughs> uh, that's an amazing clip, especially because she is such a strong woman and crying about a man doesn't change that. Mm-hmm.
1: And she doesn't go to Frasier ever for any validation of any of those feelings. She figures out what she's feeling and why she's feeling it, assesses it, and then kind of moves on. Yeah, it's a baller move. Mm -hmm. I just love this moment and that she fully understands herself and is able to admit that despite being a smart, confident, and competent woman, it's, it's terrifying to be a woman, and especially in this situation she's in, being divorced and raising a child with her ex-husband now on the other side of the country. Also, she kept her own last name.
0: Respect. Yeah, Dr. Lilith Sternen mm-hmm. did keep her own last name. Yeah. I I respect it too, and um, we'll talk. Obviously, we'll talk more about Lilith in later seasons mm-hmm. of the podcast, and possibly in other episodes as well. Um, but B.B. Newworth is a a gem, an absolute gem, mm-hmm. a gift to the show and to us as viewers. Exactly. What other moments do you have, Lauren? I really focused on Daphne because um, the show sets her up as kind of a dumb woman in a lot of ways or naive for sure. And a joke. And (laughs) she's a joke, that's absolutely true. Uh, So in the moments where she kind of gets the better of Frasier particularly, um, that's where I I love that character because you can see that she is in fact smarter than Fraser in many ways. So uh, one example of that is episode five called Here's Looking at You. This is the one where Martin gets a telescope and starts a weird relationship via peeping um, with a woman in another building across the way. She also has a telescope. They talk to each other via telescope (laughs) uh, for several days, I think. But Martin, when given the opportunity to meet Irene in person, Martin kind of backs down and says that he doesn't want to. Fraser thinks it's because Irene's middle name is the same as his mother's, his deceased mother's middle name, Martin's wife, Hester, and Martin kind of lets Fraser believe that, but at the end of the episode, it's actually Daphne who figures out that the real reason Martin doesn't want to pursue a relationship with Irene is because he's sort of ashamed of his cane. Here's a clip of that moment.
2: I don't know why, but he just won't believe me when I tell him that Irene just isn't my type. You sure she isn't? You're going to get on my back, too? No, but I was just wondering if the reason why things didn't work out between you and Irene was... Well... What? Well, maybe if you weren't just a little self-conscious about your hip. That's ridiculous. Well, I'm glad to hear that, because you really don't have anything to be self-conscious about, you know. With that silvery mane, twinkling blue eyes and whiskey voice, you're quite a package. (laughs) Yeah, I'm quite a catch. You are. And you know as well as I do that history is full of sexy limpers. (laughs) For instance, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Of course, he didn't limp so much as (laughs) roll. Oh, I know. Toulouse Lautrec. Although he was rather a little person. Still, he did do rather well with the ladies. Of course, they were all prostitutes. (laughs) But then he was French, and there's no explaining their taste. (laughs) What's your point? I guess I don't have one. It's just me running on the way I do. But there is one last little thing. I did notice that every time you went to the telescope to see Irene, you hid your cane. I just put it off to the side so I wouldn't trip over the damn thing. I knew there was a good reason. It must feel awful silly when that cane trips you up.
1: It's so great that she is so reasonable in this. She like, deduces everything and, and presents it very kindly and reasonably and, and allows Martin to then just
0: think what he wants to think. It's a very smart way of approaching conflict. She doesn't call him out and say, this is because of your cane. She kind of couches it in... In language around like yeah his choices the choices he's making and sort of helps him realize that he's just being silly about something without ever saying you're being silly about this (laughs) Uh, plus that joke about sexy limpers is solid (laughs) it's I I snicker every time (laughs) early on in the series Daphne proves that she is way smarter than Fraser who is supposed to understand people at this great level because of his medical degrees and psychiatric degrees and This totally undercuts that and puts Daphne in the position of power, which is great.
1: It's so great the show does that so often, particularly undercutting Frasier's ability to be a smart person (laughs) Mm -hmm. and uses women a lot of the time to do that. It's fun.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. That's sort of like one of the main jokes of the series is that this white man isn't as great as he thinks he is. Mm -hmm. And I'm here for that. Yep. That's the great joke of the universe <laughs> of Our <I> think. time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is there another female character that you would like to discuss?
1: Oh there is and her name is B.B. Glazer. Ah B.B. Glazer played by the great Harriet Sansom Harris. That's amazing that you know that. <coughs> yeah. Fraser facts. <laughs> I know she'll come up later in the podcast she has more of a role but I wanted to talk about her introduction and um, our girl it, makes an entrance. Hey? Of course she does. <laughs> So she comes in in episode 9, which is called Selling Out. She is Bulldog's agent, and she comes in and convinces Frazier that she should be his agent and that he should start doing uh, promotional spots against his ethics, basically. And I really like this character because she's savvy and she's really good at her job, and she also delivers on her Promises Like, she's not just greasy. She's greasy and she delivers (laughs) results. Um, She promises Fraser he'll make more money by signing with her, and immediately he gets more money. She's not a joke or incompetent. She's good at her job. She's very persuasive. She's sort of a Professor Harold Hill from The Music Man. She can spin a yarn and convince you you want to do this, but she also has a real band at the end of it. She also wears a fine pantsuit.
0: She sure <laughs> does.
1: And her speeches that continuously convince Fraser to do something he isn't keen on are masterful. And we have a clip of her very first one.
2: I will not let you call me. It is too refreshing to meet someone who isn't seduced by the almighty. Dollar, I would refuse your call. Ah, uh, I've got to go flying to Palo Alto. My daughter's at Stanford. Ah. Oh. You don't have kids, do you? Well, yes, I have a five-year-old son. Oh, lucky you. You won't have to worry about it for years. Worry about what? Tuition, innocent. (laughs) Oh, wait, I see. You're going to send him to a state college? Well, no, no. I had planned to send him to my alma mater, Harvard. Ouch. (laughs) Kiss it and make it better. Have you seen Business Week's projections for college costs the year 2010? <laughs> uh, I've got to go. That plane is not going to wait for little Beebe. Well, you know, maybe we should talk sometime. Let's talk now. I think I can die peacefully without seeing the first half of the Stanford-Cal game. You see, it's not that I object to doing commercials. It's just that I would have to... Try a product first before I could endorse it. Dr. Crane, I wouldn't have it any other way.
0: (laughs) Uh, Ah, BB Glazer, my hero. She's great. I
1: love how well she assesses him and and on a dime
0: changes her (laughs) approach. Yeah. (laughs) It's, she's so smart. So smart, such a good salesperson, and you're right, she reads him from top to bottom and then is like, this is how I will get his money, and she does it. Yep. Well done, B.B. Glazer.
1: I doff my hat to you. Mm-hmm.
0: So as we talk about how the show treats female characters, I also wanted to draw attention to the production of the show. It's notable that in the first season, 15 out of the total 24 episodes are written or co-written by a female writer. That's awesome. It's awesome and it's surprising, I think. Extremely surprising. For the time. So a lot of the tone that is set in the first season comes from that point of view. And I think that's where, could be where we get that women undercutting Fraser's brilliance that will continue. Definitely. I also bring this up because after the first season, this isn't the case. You find one or two female writers in later seasons. That's so
1: weird Mm -hmm. to
0: start out, and it's a very
1: successful first season. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I know directors and writers change all
0: the time, but that, that seems surprising to me. Yeah, it seems like a perspective lost in the later seasons. And yeah, it's a shame that it didn't continue through the rest of the season. The show could be very different if written by women, obviously. Yeah, it really could. Unfortunately, there were no female directors in this season, which is sadly not surprising.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Going back to my girl Lilith, I did
1: do a bit of research on her Cheers storyline because, as I mentioned, did not watch Cheers. (laughs) And let me tell you, it did not disappoint. So the arc of Fraser and Lilith are that they were married. Um, they have their son, Frederick. Lilith then cheats on Fraser with a man named Dr. Pascal. She then leaves Fraser uh, to live in Dr. Pascal's es- experimental underground ecopod. That's amazing. So
0: this all happens in the Cheers universe. Yes. <laughs> The extended Cheers universe. (laughs) Okay. This
1: experiment fails because, among other reasons, Dr. Pascal is claustrophobic. Amazing. And at the end of Cheers, Frasier and Lilith decide to try to make their relationship work, but when we open um, on Frasier,
0: we find out that they have officially divorced and are done, so. And he's fled to the other side of the country, right? Cheers takes place in Boston and now he's living in Seattle. Yes. So yeah, I was very impressed with their little backstory. Yeah, that is awesome. And I think in later seasons, more stuff like this comes up around Lilith. And it's interesting to know that this was always part of the character. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So this next segment is called 90s nonsense, where we discuss some
0: of the less well-aged aspects of the show. For sure, and there, as we mentioned, premiered 25 years ago, there are some problems. One that I wanted to focus on uh, for how the show treats women is actually around how it treats a man in Frasier. Frasier has a son, as, as Taryn just said, um, but we don't see him do any sort of parenting until episode five of the series. And it's not even parenting. We we hear from Frederick in that Fraser is on a phone call with him. So at the beginning of the season, Frasier chooses to become an absentee father. He moves to Seattle, <laughs> his son lives in Boston, um, and he's never once sort of called out for that. And that's okay. People can make those choices. Men can make those choices. Uh, but if that were a female character, if it were Lilith, if it were Roz, that would be like absolutely a defining part of the character. And like I think it would be a flaw at best and something like psychologically wrong with them more likely. That's an excellent point. I never really noticed
1: it. And thinking about it, there are a lot of times where Frazier is like upset that freddie can't come see him and
0: stuff and it's like well you left (laughs) he lives in boston yeah (laughs) yeah and i understand the logistics of having a child on the show it changes the stories you want to tell Mm -hmm. so that is some nonsense absolutely
1: another piece of nonsense is the bizarre ending of episode five here's looking at you where after Fraser and Daphne see Martin off on his date with Irene, they're standing around discussing what they should do for the evening, and Fraser sort of hints that sex is the obvious choice for the evening, and Daphne is sort of, like, oblivious at his hinting and just misses the point completely and is like, you're right, we should go do laundry. But it's the weirdest boss preying on his employee, uh-huh. unwanted like, sexual attention that comes out of absolutely <laughs> nowhere. It was just very unsettling.
0: Yeah, that's all sorts of problematic. Mm-hmm. Like you say, a boss-employee relationship, Daphne being presented as so dim that she doesn't pick up on the fact that she's being hit on, which is going to become a theme with Daphne, I'm afraid. Absolutely. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it, it's strange mm-hmm. and some... Pure and fresh nonsense. Absolutely. So, at this point of the podcast, we like to pick an episode that we recommend for you to watch uh, from the first season. Taryn, what's your pick? I think everyone should
1: check out the show where Lilith comes back mm-hmm. and experience the powerhouse that is Lilith Sternin, Dr. Lilith
0: Sternin, Dr. Yeah, absolutely. You won't be disappointed by spending time with Lilith Sternin. Never. Uh, my pick would definitely be You Can't Tell a Crook by his cover uh, because that moment where Daphne tells Fraser and Martin where they can stick it, that's episode 15, so by that far into the season, it's nice to see a woman get a really strong moment and to uh, tell these men to to bugger off. She doesn't just tell them, she yells at them. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so
1: satisfying. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to Cafe Nervosa. Check out the other episodes for this season of the podcast. They're in our feed on iTunes and Google Play and on our website at Cafe Podcast.com.
0: Also, you should go right now and follow us on Instagram. We're at Cafe Nervosa Pod. We're just incredibly proud of that feed and you will enjoy it. There are pictures of Harriet Sampson Harris. There are pictures of um, Fraser Crane with a beautiful mustache. Mm-hmm. I just think it's worth your time. Please also help us spread the word about Cafe Nervosa by telling the Niles to your Fraser, the Daphne to your Martin about our show.
1: We like to end every episode with clips of our favorite jokes from the season based on our theme. So, Lauren, will you introduce yours? All you need to know here is that
0: Lilith is telling Eddie to get off the couch.
2: Go away. (laughs) why does he listen to you and not to me? By the tone of my voice, he senses I mean business. Oh, I see. You're saying your voice is more commanding than mine is? Hell, I took a half a step before I realized she was talking to the dog. (laughs) Uh,
0: Taryn, what's your fave?
1: All you need to know here is that Maris wrote her own vows to Niles at their wedding, and Lilith is quoting them.
2: Where's Maris? She's visiting her sister in Chicago. Oh. I thought perhaps she was sailing up the transplendent river of your love.